Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. Tonight we have a special Tax Slayer Gator Bowl uh, preview edition for you. <coughs> we want to wish you all a happy new year. Uh, I hope we had a Merry Christmas. We have a packed show tonight. We'll have Matt Weaver from Peaks.com on with us, as well as uh, TJ Inman will be joining us here shortly. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsors over at SeatGeek. You guys may be looking for to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl or any other event in your area. Use SeatGeek.com, use promo code ACAA, and receive $20 off your first purchase. That basically wipes out any of the fees and puts $20 back in your pocket. Uh, SeatGeek is very easy to use. They have labels for good deals, great deals, uh, poor deals, and all of that. It's one of my – I use it – much more than I use StubHub now, uh, and use promo code ACAA for $20 off your purchase. So, setting the scene for this, uh, for for the Tax Layer Gator Bowl, Indiana will, ho- uh, will play Tennessee in Jacksonville, <coughs> excuse me, in Jacksonville on January 2nd at 7 o'clock Eastern. The game is on ESPN. If you're not by a TV, you can always listen to Don Fisher and Bucks or on the radio uh, as well. Uh, so right now uh, we're bringing in TJ Inman. TJ, hopefully you had a great holiday season, gearing up for bowls, watching some bowl games on TV. How are you doing? Is that for me or TJ? All right, well, we'll start with you, Matt. Um Matt, hopefully you had a, a, a good holiday season as well. Um, just what are your initial thoughts on uh, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl? Uh, I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be a really good matchup. I think it should be an exciting game. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't see any te- either team is really having obviously like a big edge on the other one. I think it's a game that um, you know should be uh, should be uh, go right out to the wire, and um, you know, it should be a lot of fun to watch and. I uh, haven't watched a ton of Tennessee this year, obviously with them not being, uh, you know, on Indiana's schedule or in the Big Ten, but saw them a few times. They are not a vintage Tennessee team, but obviously still have some SEC-type athletes and and uh, and playmakers. So, um, you know, Indiana's going to have to play a good game to win, but it's definitely a game that they should be able to uh, have a chance uh, at the end of it. Yeah, Tennessee comes in at 7-5. and five. They started 0-2. They started actually 1-4. Uh, in their first five games, they lost at home to Georgia State. They lost a heartbreaker in overtime against BYU and then uh, got pounded by uh, at Florida and then Georgia. And those two 
two two-game losing streaks was sandwiched between a win over Chattanooga. They ended the season on a five-game winning streak. They beat South Carolina 41-21. They beat UAB 30-7. They won at Kentucky 17-13 on a goal line stand. Uh, they beat Missouri uh, 24-20 at Missouri, and then they beat Vanderbilt 28-10. Uh, so it, it's Tennessee's a very similar team to IU in my opinion. And uh, TJ, I hope you had a uh, had a great holiday season as well. But what are your initial thoughts on on Tennessee as well? I think the comparison to Indiana is a pretty apt one. Um, you look at who they've beaten and who they've lost to, uh, you know, they, they pretty much beat teams that you would have expected them to beat. I think their two best wins, um, probably Kentucky and Missouri, close wins that they were able to get. Uh, the, the difference, I think, would be that, um, you know, Tennessee lost at least one game earlier in the year uh, against Georgia State that they should not lose. Uh, Indiana doesn't really have a mark like that. Uh, I think Indiana should have beaten uh, Michigan State, but uh, that that's not a quote-unquote bad loss, uh, losing in East Lansing. Um, Tennessee also should beat BYU at home, but that's probably not necessarily a bad loss. Uh, so I think it's it's pretty similar. Neither of them really had a kind of a statement landmark win uh, on the resume, but uh, coming down the stretch, Tennessee really took care of business. Uh, I know that they feel as if they are playing their best football uh, at the end of the season, which is kind of where you want to be. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how both teams respond to the long time off. Uh, you never know how teams are going to come out mentally and physically for a bowl game. Um, I do think that Indiana, uh, just on the face of it, Probably this means a, a little more to the Hoosiers than it does the Volunteers. Uh, certainly the fan base, that's the case. Indiana going to the Gator Bowl is a really big deal. For Tennessee, uh, I think it was kind of seen as maybe matching what they had hoped for the year, but probably a bit of a disappointment um, getting to the, the Gator Bowl. I think they probably would have hoped for a little bit more. So perhaps the 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 players maybe have a bit more um, chip on their shoulder, if you will, coming into it with the Hoosiers. Uh, and that I think that's a, a big part of bowl games is how teams mentally come out. Are they ready to play, or is it more of just a party trip for them? And uh, I, I'd be fairly surprised if Indiana doesn't come out with a lot of passion and fire uh, trying to get that ninth victory. But on the field, um, I do think Tennessee has the slightly better talent, um, but I, I think that there are much more of a question mark at quarterback for Tennessee than there is for Indiana. Uh, I think Peyton Ramsey is a more solid uh, option than, than whatever Tennessee is going to put out there, um, particularly if it's Garrett Gorantano. Yeah, and I, I, think, uh, I think Ramsey is the better of those two. Um, I think the Hoosiers do have the better receivers uh, with Jennings not playing the first half, so I'd give the edge and receivers to the Hoosiers. Um, and then from from that, my biggest concern for Indiana, though, uh, is IU's ability to stop the running game because uh, Purdue really 
put a number on Indiana, and Tennessee has much more talent at running backs than the than the uh, Boilermakers did. So that that's a big concern. I'm sure the coaching staff's concerned about that as well. Uh, I've been pretty impressed with with Tennessee's running game here down the stretch. Yeah, I, I've been watching Tennessee's early games. Um, I just finished the Alabama game where you know they fought Alabama till the end, but I, that was the game Tua went out with an ankle injury. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. At about halftime, but it, it still baffles me that that Ty Chandler he looked so good at the beginning of the season, just didn't really get much run. Now he's their leading um, rusher at, at 620 yards, but you know they've been they they've been rotating backs and he really didn't play all that much uh, down down the uh, down the stretch for the Volunteers. So we'll, we'll see what. Um, Who's in at running back? I, I think it's going to be Guarantino uh, at, at quarterback. It, it looks like uh, Brian Maurer is dealing with concussion issues. I, I, I think Maurer is the better quarterback. He, he's got a stronger arm. He throws the yeah. ball very well. It, it's it's a, a situation much like IU where, uh, although Ramsey is much better than um, – I think Garantino for for Tennessee, it's you, you have a guy who could throw it deep and and has more arm strength, or you go with the seasoned veteran and and I think they're going to go with the the veteran. But um, Matt, let's uh, move on to the next segment. What does IU need to do to to win the game and end this twenty eight year full um, full winless streak? Well, I think uh, I think TJ made a good point. I mean, and obviously in, in most football games, um, it starts with running the ball and stopping the run. And I think on defense, you know, stopping the run, you, you know, as you talked about the quarterback play, they've kind of struggled, you know, as far as completing passes. I want to say they're under 55%. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I noticed about, about Tennessee, they, they're second to last. The only team that was worse than them in the, in the SEC in explosive plays, ten, plays of 10 yards or more was Vanderbilt. Um, so they were 13th out of 14 teams. They, you know, it looks like when they do complete passes, they 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 get some big plays. I think the receivers are averaging a pretty good amount, but they struggle to get big plays. So you know, I think limiting the big plays, which obviously against Purdue, TJ mentioned the running game, but overall they got some big plays. Obviously Purdue did in that game. You know, limiting those big plays, forcing them into some uh, uncomfortable down at distances, second long, third long. Um, you know, and then just kind of letting them beat themselves. I mean, like I said, it sounds like the quarterback has issues with, with um, you know, accuracy and, and completion. So, you know, I think if you make it where they have to make some throws and plays where, where they're not really comfortable and they're not second to, you know, uh, third, three, whatever you want to be, uh, whatever you want to say, it, I think that really plays into IU's hands. And offensively, I mean, when you say run the ball, this is a pass-first offense, whether it's Michael Penix or Peyton uh, Ramsey. Um, and the passing game is kind of an extension of the running game with some of the throws they make, especially when Wop's been healthy and you know, they can throw some of those kind of shorter passes to him. So, you know, just getting into rhythm offensively, I, that's, you know, that's what you worry about when you come off these long breaks. You know, where are you offensively? You know, which team has kind of got that, gets their rhythm back and, and their timing back? Um, you know, I think I agree with you guys. Having Ramsey, I think that really helps Indiana, um, you know, over them just because uh, none of the other guys experience too, but Ramsey just played so much. He's really just playing the best ball. And, and uh, you know, with Kalen DeBoer sticking around, I think the offensive game plan uh, should be pretty good. So, to me, it'll come down to defense and obviously special teams. 
Uh, we don't talk about it enough. The special teams will be huge. Uh, they're going to have a lot of athletes on special teams. You can't give up any cheapies or make many mistakes there. So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing for every football game, but I think it really comes down to some, some simple things. Can you execute in those phases or can't you? Yeah, you know, for me, the the key to the game is, is Jawan Jennings being suspended for the first half. For those of you who don't know, he stomped or stepped on a Vanderbilt player's head on the sideline. He's suspended for the first half and getting out to a quick start uh, because he's their best player uh, on offense, in my opinion. And, and Nigel Warrior is their, and it's a heck of a name for a defensive player too. Uh, Nigel Warrior is their best defensive player. Uh, but getting out to a fast start, IU's done a great job all year getting out to fast starts. Uh, they, they've, I think they're in the top five in the nation in, in points in the first quarter. Uh, they're outscoring opponents. Um, I think by 60 points in the first half. So just getting out to a lead, and then uh, then you could use that run game to, you know, kind of control the tempo of the game, control the offense, um, and, and build on that lead. And, Matt, you talk about special teams. One of the big things is, is Logan Justice going to bounce back? Uh, we saw him in practice uh, a couple of times. He missed some field goals. He hit some field goals. Uh, but it's still you're, you're kicking on grass. The weather report is pretty good right now, 74 and sun for for uh, game day. But it is Florida. I, I guarantee it's going to rain at some point when we're down there. And it's, uh, you know, can he mentally get back into it after, you know, about six weeks off? And, and with that, it's those are those field goals are the tack on points that you need. If I you could get out to lead and just start tacking on points. Um, and make it a two, three-score game and force Tennessee to throw the ball uh, a little bit more, Indiana should be in, in pretty good shape. And then it's you gotta, you got to stop uh, with, with these killer penalties in the secondary as well. Uh, we saw against Purdue there were a lot of – now, look, David Bell's a heck of a receiver, uh, and uh, Bryson Hopkins is a heck of a tight end, but there are a lot of – plays where IU bailed out Purdue on third and long with, you know, a holding call or a pass interference call or a face mask call. Those are the things that you worry about when you've had six weeks off is that that's where the rush shows up. It's not going to show up in, in um, all that much in, in how they actually play the game on the field. It's the penalties. Are, are you going to, are your fundamentals off? They've had six weeks to get it right. And so that, that to me is, is take care of penalties. You know, it, some are going to happen. And, look, Alabama is one of the best teams in the country. They led the SEC in penalties. Uh, but it's those third and long when he could get off the field and those 15-yard penalties or penalties that give you an automatic first down. He saw it against with Ohio State against Clemson. And you, you could um, bitch and moan about about the calls all you want, but those penalties absolutely killed Ohio State in that game, uh, and, and things like that. So th- those are my keys to get get off to a fast start. I, I think that'll get the IU crowd into it. Um, and Tennessee, the Tennessee fan base seems like the IU basketball fan base, where if it's going south early, everybody's gonna you know is gonna be out for themselves and things like that. And that's based on Twitter itself and and watching IU basketball fans over the last couple of years. But it, it seems that there, there are, there's a very 
um, similar mentality in the fan base of this is Indiana football and we're Tennessee football and we should beat these guys, beat the pants off of these guys. And so I think Indiana has to take that underdog mentality, even though it's about a pick 'em game. Uh, take that underdog mentality and, and go shock the world, according to Tennessee fans. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's play your game and, and then run the ball. I think health, health-wise, they need Stevie Scott back. It sounds like Samson James is full go. It looked like um, Matthew Bedford was full go and all of those things. Uh, so, TJ, anything else to add on on what IU needs to, to do to win? Well, I think running the ball is going to be very important. Uh, we know that for Indiana to really be successful on offense, they do not want Peyton Ramsey throwing the ball 45, 50 times. Uh, they need to, to establish the running game. Ideally, um, you know, Max go above four yards a carry um, and hopefully get some chunk plays as well out of the ground game. That really opens up things for DeBoer uh, from a play calling perspective and opens up things for Peyton Ramsey uh, to, to try and stretch the field a little bit against uh, a pretty solid Tennessee defense. I do think Tennessee has the better uh, of the two defenses. I'd take Indiana's offense over Tennessee's offense. Um, particularly with Jennings out for a half and, and Guarantano in at quarterback. Uh, I definitely take IU's offense over theirs. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll ask both of you guys a question here. Uh, you mentioned the secondary, Sammy, and, and Indiana, um, in my opinion, it's been kind of a glaring deficiency finding a second corner uh, opposite of Taiwan Mullen, a second guy that we can really feel good about um, and then I, I, I've not been particularly impressed with the safety play, uh, especially in the second half of the season. Um, so who, who do you guys think outside of Mullen, uh, who are the other three guys? Because we've had, you know, 15 practices. Um, you mentioned Sammy, the six weeks off to, you know, try a lot of guys at, uh, giving them reps. Um, do you guys have any, any inkling of, of who we're going to see kind of emerge as the, the top three guys um, for this bowl game outside of Taiwan Mullen in the secondary? Well, I'll let you answer first, Matt. <clears throat> well, I, I think towards the end of the year, uh, you know, Reese Taylor was a guy that, that had really come on at the other corner spot. Uh-huh. Um, and I think, you know, I think if they, if they, if the, depth chart holds true, um, you know, I would guess he'll be the starter. I mean, they obviously they rotate guys, um, you know, with Jalen Williams probably being, you know, maybe the number three corner, and then obviously Raheem Lane will be in there. DeAndre Brown, they've been using some. They've been putting him in passing situations at safety. You know, at safety, you know, I want – I know he's not the most athletic guy. I want Khalil Bryant on the field. Um, I just think he's a guy that, you know, while at times, he, like I said, athletically, he, he may be a little bit deficient against some, some other guys. Um, I think he's a really heady player who knows what he's doing, usually in the right position. Yeah, I think he's he might be the best tackler uh, on the back end, or at least right up there. So, um, you know, um, I don't know if that's a, if that's a, a good compliment or not. But you know, at the other safety spot, I mean, you know, Juwan Bur- Juwan Burgess kind of you know teases you with his potential, but then he'll make some really boneheaded plays. He's he got called for a lot yep. of grabby hand penalties. 
Um, you know, but then he'll make some plays where you kind of you, you see that talent. It's just not consistently. I'm not really sure what's happened to Brian Fitzgerald this year. He's really it's been a disappointing year. Um, you know, he, he was I think he led the team last year in interceptions. Um, and you know, as, as a whole, I don't think the safeties have any interceptions this year. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think they do. Um, and it's just been it's been kind of a, a disappointing year for Bryant Fitzgerald. Devon Matthews has kind of battled some injuries, um, you know, uh, last year and I think a little bit this year. Um, but you know, even him and maybe being back in Jacksonville, maybe this will be a game where you know he'll kind of step up. But so far, you just haven't seen a lot of it. Um, you know, those would kind of be my guys. I mean, I know it's kind of rambled on there name more than you wanted, but, um, you know, I, would, I, I think Khalil Bryant's the guy I'd like to have back there, and then and then probably with Burgess, and then I think it'll be Reese Taylor and, and Taiwan Mullen, and, you know, uh, in the second half, I would guess Taiwan Mullen shadows Jennings uh, like he did David Bell in, in the Purdue game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I, I just don't think Taiwan's big enough for Jennings. That's my big concern with putting Taiwan – Mullen on Jennings. Jennings is six three two zero eight. I mean, he, he's just a unit of a wide receiver. And you know, Jamar Johnson played well against Purdue. It's where you need a bigger. You kind of wish that Marcelino Ball hadn't fallen off the face of the earth uh, because he he's a guy who's fast enough to stay with Jennings and big enough uh, to not be totally bodied out out with him. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's, we can't have him on the field. I mean, he, he just—I—I uh, I, I cannot remember the last time Marcelino Ball um, played a really good game. He's made plays here and there, uh, but more times than not, he's standing out for the wrong reasons this season. Uh, Jamar Johnson, yeah, I think, has every... unequivocally been better. Yeah, and every for every good play Marcelino has has made there's been a 15-yard personal foul uh, and things like that that have absolutely killed IU. Um, Blown coverage, on, tackle, on, yeah. Yeah, or tackling the Michigan State guy at the two-yard line when he's going in for the end. Just not very heady plays for a guy that you were counting on who came in, a, I believe, was a freshman All-American, and he's just uh-huh. – not that same caliber of player that he was uh, as a freshman. So I, I, I would say Jamar Johnson. I just Jennings' size is is the only you know with Tywin Mullen at, at five, you know five ten, um, and you know probably 170 pounds. Just it, it, that's a tough ask uh, to to body up against Jennings, and, and he'll probably need some help there. Uh, so. Well, I mean, uh, the biggest corner is Lane, and we we can't put Raheem Lane on him. That that would not go well. So, yeah, they'll they'll have to get creative with that. That'll be an interesting interesting one to watch for sure. Um, and there might have to be some um, some different type of scheming uh, from um, from Kane Womack and uh, Tom Allen to, to kind of match up with that because there's there's not a ton of guys like him in the Big Ten I think the closest thing is probably going to be Minnesota's guys Um, you know bigger wideouts that are really physical like a Tyler Johnson Um, but in the end it didn't play them this year so uh, Michigan has a couple of bigger receivers uh, but they're 
their main guys have turned out to be, you know, somebody like a Nico Collins, who's not that big. Um, so it, it'll be a different type of matchup for Indiana for sure. Oh, yeah, and then I, I, I would put uh, Bowen on Callaway. Um, Callaway's there. Mm-hmm. They're deep threat, averaging 20, 21 yards a catch. Now he only has 26 catches, uh, but he's the guy who can take the top off of the defense. And uh, Tywin's probably one of the faster guys on defense. Or you could put Jalen Williams on him as well uh, and maybe double-team uh, Jennings. Uh, but that that was my matchup to watch as well, TJ, was how Indiana's secondary is going to go about guarding this um this Tennessee wide receiving uh, core on on paper, the numbers don't really jump out at you as as they they have more talent uh, on that in that receiving core than their numbers uh, say. Matt, any other matchups to watch in your eyes? I think an interesting one for me will be I know there's teams that play will play odd man front at times in the Big Ten, but this is a team that, you know, their base defense is, is a 3-4. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the only other team in the Big Ten that really plays that, all that does that is maybe Wisconsin. Um, and obviously Indiana didn't play them this year. So, you know, Indiana's offensive line against a 3-4. Um, just, you know, and obviously one you know, Jeremy Pruitt coming from, um, you know, the Nick Saban coaching tree and obviously the way he does things. Just, you know, how they, how they, how they match up against them and, and um, you know, we talked about running the ball. And, um, you know, does this does this cause problems? I mean, Matthew Bedford's played well, um, but I'm, you know, you know, he's also a young guy, and, and things stunts and things like that, blitzes, different things can can at times have rattled him, especially later in the year. Um, you know, uh, you know, is that is that a, is he a liability at times against this defense? And then. Uh, and against this front seven, um, so that you know, and then just pass protection against that as well. What do they try to do? Um, uh, you know, to to uh, you know maybe kind of uh, get in the minds of some of the the IU alignment. So you know, it's a veteran group for IU, except for obviously at left tackle. But um, you know, to me, that's that's going to be an interesting matchup. How how do we match up? They're big on in the front in the defensive line and their front seven. So um, you know, it's just it's a little bit different defense than Indiana's kind of faced maybe this year. Penn State maybe is kind of similar, but. Um, and obviously, Indiana did a pretty good job against them. So that, to me, is kind of a matchup I'm gonna watch: is our offensive line against their defensive line. Oh uh, yeah, and having six weeks, you know, to get ready and, and get people healed up. You saw Hurt Hunter, Little John was dealing with with nicks, and Simon Stepniak is, is dealing with you know bumps and bruises, and you know Matthew Bedford, who didn't play in the, the Purdue game, he you know. It, he needed to get healthy too. So uh, hopefully the offensive line is, is outside of Coy Cronk back to full strength and and could make up for that. Uh, I, I never really liked the, the three-man front uh, in terms of that. So I, maybe IU will have some luck running the ball as well. Uh, TJ, did you have another matchup to watch outside of uh, wide receivers and DBs? I think Indiana needs to do a really good job on the front against uh, Tennessee's running game. Got to get some penetration, um, not let Tennessee's backs get into the second level. Uh, Looks like they're going to lean on on their freshman running back, Gray. He's been the guy um, for them here in the last part of the season. Whether it's him or Chandler or, you know, they'll rotate guys. 
whoever it is, Indiana's defense, particularly the front, needs to beat that offensive line, get penetration, let the linebackers for the Hoosiers get uh, get to the ball and make plays before they get into the second level. Um, I, I'd worry about Tennessee's running game getting going, which would then open up that passing game. Uh, you know, there's there's not – I think the biggest issue for Tennessee's offense has been the inaccuracy of the passing game, uh, particularly from Guarantano. And, I, you know, I think that that's going to be IU's biggest asset is if they can – kind of limit the running game, force Guarantano to beat them uh, and, and, you know, still get some pressure on him. You know, you can probably force him into some poor throws that you can take advantage of. So, uh, for me, Indiana's defense needs to do a really good job uh, of limiting the running game because that's what Tennessee's going to try to lean on and impose their will. Uh, I think they'll probably come into this thinking that they'll just be able to, to – with Indiana's line of scrimmage, and it's up to, to the lines on both sides to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, and, and it helps that you know Indiana was banged up on the defensive line as well, and with six weeks to heal up, you, you'd think that Co um, c- could make a difference, and uh, Jerome Johnson it could get. It's you know the last game of the season, and you could play these guys a little bit more now that you rested, and, and hopefully a little bit healthier. Uh, we'll see what they do with some of these um, four-game redshirt guys up front. But I, I want to see these defensive ends get after the quarterback as well. Uh, you know, James Head and uh, Lance Bryant, Alan Stallings has had a decent year this year too. Uh, when IU was playing well during that four-game stretch, those defensive linemen were making plays, knocking the ball out, uh, causing fumbles and things like that. Uh, so let's get into predictions. Uh, TJ, we'll go with you first. What is your prediction for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl on Thursday? Well, I mean, bowl games are so difficult to predict. Like I mentioned earlier, you just never know how motivated teams are going to be, uh, what their focus is going to be on in practice. Is it more about developing young players? Is it more about winning the game? Um, you just you never know how that's going to go, so it's difficult to predict. Uh, I, I just I have a feeling, and this has been a, a special year for Indiana, and I, I know that this game means a whole lot to the coaching staff and the players. It, it just it, it's very important to Indiana to go there and put on a good performance. Um, so I'm, I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, I, I do not see Indiana laying a goose egg um, in Jacksonville. Uh, I don't think Tennessee will either. I think it'll be a very good, entertaining, close game. I will take the Hoosiers to win this one, though, 31-28. I'm going to go with Indiana getting it done uh, and ending that long bull drought, finishing the season up at 9-4. and four. All right. Uh, Matt, what is your prediction? Yeah, I mean, I'm with TJ. It's hard. These games are hard to predict because you just don't know what teams, where their mindsets are. But I, I think – I think you're gonna have a very motivated Indiana team. I would assume Tennessee will be somewhat motivated, but I think they're, I think they're, I think they're obviously. They're, if you go by their fans, maybe the, the, the players and coaches don't feel the same, but they obviously are looking down at Indiana like this is, you know, they're basically mm-hmm. not deserving of being in the same bowl game with them. And I think in Caleb DeBoer's last game, I really think he's gonna put down. I mean, obviously, his game plans all year have been really good. I mean, take out the Hofstede game, which was an outlier. They 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 did that to a lot of teams, but. His game plans have been really good. I think he's going to have a great game plan. I think this team is. Um, I think this team is really going to um, 
you know, offensively he's going to come out. I think they're going to play pretty well. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to know if Stevie Scott was playing for sure, but I still think that um, even if, if he's limited or even not playing, I still I still like Indiana, you know, on offense to do well. Um, you know, to me it'll come down to can they kind of limit some big plays on defense. With Jennings being out for the first half, that's obviously a big deal as we talked about. I'll go with IU. I think they're going to win this game. It's about time to get the uh, – they've gotten a lot of monkeys off their back this year, and I think the next one to get off their back is, you know, not winning a bowl game. And, you know, I, since like the, I don't know, the last supper or something. It's been a long time. Um, so, <laughs> I'll take Indiana. So I'll go 34-30. To put it in perspective, Matt, our good friend Paul O'Neill was still on the Reds. Uh, when Indiana last uh, won a bowl game. So that was a long time ago. Um, I'm going to take Indiana to win the game, too. I think it's going to be a good game. There's such an evenly matched uh, teams on the field. Uh, hopefully, Indiana need, might need a, a big special teams play, which they really haven't gotten outside of the, the kicking game all year. I I, at the beginning of the year, I thought David Ellis was uh, could break off a few runs, but that never happened. Uh, but I'm going to take Indiana uh, 31, Tennessee 27. I, I just don't think Tennessee has faced offenses that are better than Indiana's, but I don't think they've faced a, a passing attack that has been this potent as as Indiana. You know, their their wins uh, against Kentucky when Bowden was playing quarterback, and it was mainly a, a rushing attack with him. And, you know, mm-hmm. Missouri's had their situation where they were ruled ineligible for, uh, you know, a bowl late in the year. Uh, and, and Vanderbilt was just god-awful this year. Um, probably even worse than Northwest. I just think Indiana has – too much offense uh, for Tennessee, and the defense will do just enough, especially with the the inconsistent play uh, from Tennessee's quarterback. Now, if, if Brian Mauer, if they put it Brian Mauer, it might change things. I think he's a better quarterback, but he's had he, he rarely finished games while he was uh, starting, and you know while he looked good in spurts, he's still a true freshman, and just he, he couldn't put all the tools together. So I'm going to take Indiana 31, uh, Tennessee 27, uh, in a really good bowl game that everybody, all college football fans, if they're looking to watch a game that night, all eyes will be on IU Tennessee and the Gator Bowl because they're the only game on at 7 o'clock on on Thursday evening. There's no NFL, Mm -hmm. um, and they're the only college game. Unless you want to watch meaningless NBA games, uh, this is the only show in town. So uh, it should be a good showing for, for IU. I, I think that, you know, as you said, Matt this, and TJ, this this team seems really hyped up for this game. Uh, you've seen it in, in the videos they've put out. There's a sense of urgency. There's a buzz around this team uh, and things like that. And, and you know that they want to send Kalen DeBoer out to California uh, with a win and, and to – match the t- the program record for wins, it's something all three of us didn't bring up, but to match that nine-win mark uh, would be something pretty special as well. Uh, yeah. So, Matt, thanks yeah. for joining us uh, tonight. We'll see you down in Jacksonville. Drive safe from Atlanta. Um, and, TJ, thanks for joining us as always. Uh, enjoy watching it from Indianapolis on TV. 
and uh, we wish you were down in Jacksonville with us. Yeah, it was well. It'll be much uh, much warmer there. So have fun in the nice weather, and um, you know, I hopefully everyone has uh, happy and safe New Year celebrations, and we can uh, kick off 2020 with the Indiana win. The Hoosiers will be the last Big Ten team. Uh, playing football so you know in the in things on a good note I could care less what it uh, could not care less what it does for the um, for the conference but hopefully for IU football that um, starts off the, the new calendar year with with the really big win I, I know it would just be technically an exhibition game victory but um, matching the program history for wins that's a big deal that's really important um, it's a season that the players and coaches should be proud of, and um, adding that one more thing would would be a really big deal and a nice nice send off for DeBoer. So that'd be a be a really cool way to end things. Yeah, and, and I don't see it as as these games as exhibition games. The stats count, the records count. A lot of times in basketball and during those exhibition games, those don't count. So uh, I, I think it'll be a a, a big a big, big win for IU to to win on on Thursday, get that ninth win, and and things like that. So thanks for joining us on the podcast uh, this after this evening. Uh, Indiana kicks off against Tennessee in the Pac Slayer Gator Bowl on January second in Jacksonville, Florida. The game will be broadcast on ESPN. Follow uh, Hoosier Huddle for all your Indiana football updates. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Find us on the internet at HoosierHuddle.com. For TJ Inman and Matt Weaver, I'm Sammy Jacobs. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy your New Year's. Have a safe and healthy uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Enjoy the bowl games January 1st. And then January 2nd, uh, IU fans will want to ring in 2020 uh, with a big-time win over an SEC SEC team in Tennessee who has as much history as anybody in the sport. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued 
at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.